We've got two readings, but before we do that, shall we just come and have a word of prayer? Let's pray for a moment. And Lord, we thank you for your words. We thank you for the richness that there is there, that possibility of just knowing you in a deeper and deeper way. Through the words that are written in the Bible. And so we come this morning and we ask that you would help us to understand a little more of you, to appreciate a little more all that you have done for us, that we may leave praising and worshipping you, the one who is our Lord. And our God, in Jesus' name, amen. We have two readings, and the first one is from Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 to 16. And it's one of the Old Testament prophecies about the coming of the one that they are waiting for, the Messiah, the anointed one of God. And right at the beginning of the service, and we had another reading from Isaiah, which pointed to this coming of the Messiah too. Jeremiah prophesied, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. And a second reading from Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read that incredible Song of Mary's as she praises God for all that is happening within her and around her. So from Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked with favour on the lowliness of his servant, Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. I came into contact, I met a man about 
two months ago called Dave Hopwood, who is a writer and has written some incredible, interesting books. Um, one is actually based on the parables of Jesus, and it's, it does modern versions of the parables, which... Um, well, yes, I better not get sidetracked into that too soon, because otherwise we won't have what I feel led to bring. But he has a website, and on that website this week, he has featured a clip from a film by, that was directed by Tom Hanks called That Thing You Do. And the clip shows a young lady posting letters. And she's got an earpiece, earpieces in. She suddenly hears something on the radio that makes her jump up with excitement. She's a member of a band, a local band, local group, that have recorded a song. And she's never heard that song played publicly before. And suddenly on the local radio station, there is their song. And so she jumps up and she's all excited. And so she runs and she finds another band member who's just coming out of a shop and grabs him. And they both start jumping together with the excitement. And they run and they find another band member who's serving in another shop. And he leaves the people he's serving and starts to jump up and down and gets excited. And then a car pulls up and the other two band members get out of the car and join them. And the five of them are jumping up and down in excitement... And all around them are puzzled faces of people like me who would be wondering, what on earth are you getting excited about? Have you ever been so excited that you didn't care what others thought? You just had to celebrate. Have you ever known a moment when the joy was so much that it was just passed from one to another. The birth of a child, maybe, an engagement, a wedding, the success of a team, delights in a saviour who comes. We've had some excitement in our household recently because and I mentioned this because I went to a church and they said if I didn't mention it I'd get into trouble um, with them not with Rachel but Rachel has actually written a book called Strand of Faith this is a copy um, it's um, has Christian themes in it it's romance sick fantasy um, and it's receiving very good reviews um, She's been on something called a blog tour, which is a bit beyond me, and um, she's, she's had good reviews. We have brought some bookmarks this morning, so if you want to take a bookmark, um, either see me or Rachel, or I'll leave them on a seat at the front, and then people can just help themselves to bookmarks, and on the back are details of where you can find the book. That's the advert over, okay? <laughs> Mary's song. The Magnificat is it's known by in some circles. It's a hymn of praise to the Lord, to God. The excitement is there in it. It bubbles up. It's, it carries you away. This young lady, probably a teenager, 
is so excited by what God is doing that she can't help but praise God. Mary has travelled to be with her relative Elizabeth, who, past childbearing age, is also pregnant, expecting a baby, who is John the Baptist, who is the one who comes before Jesus, preparing the way for Jesus. And John the Baptist, in Elizabeth's womb, jumps when he hears Mary's greeting. And Elizabeth says... Why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Mary sings for joy, sings in praise, sings in excitement. And there are a number of themes here in, there's the raising of the lowly. Cornerstone with sun. Cornerstone has themes in there of the raising of those who Because our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus. There's Mary herself, who's being raised to a different place in life. Verse 52, he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. Verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. We could spend time thinking about the New Testament where there are no end of stories where Jesus reaches out to those who need him, who needs God's touch and raises them up and lifts the lowly. And we could look at today's stories and also see examples of where Jesus lifts the lowly because this is something that is still happening today. Jesus having an impact. And it was great to hear about Cap and that lady who's now debt-free. And there are incredible things happening in the valley through Cap and people coming to know Jesus through the work of Cap. So do support Cap and the hampers for Christmas and support the work that is happening there. So I say there are a number of themes in Mary's song. There's the incredible nature of God, described as saviour, described as mighty one. Holy is his name, one of strength, provider. There's praise and worship here. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. From one who is blessed. And there's the introduction of a new kingdom. A kingdom which turns the world upside down and changes everything. It's not a kingdom where the wealthy, proud, and those with human status rule. It is a kingdom where God reigns, and his ways are the ways we go forward in and follow. We have a king. The king of a kingdom that is like no other kingdom. A kingdom that changes everything. A kingdom predicted by the angel Gabriel who visited Mary. And in Luke 1 verse 32, we read that Jesus will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end 
And I can't think of a better kingdom than a kingdom with Jesus as king. A kingdom we are part of. A kingdom away from the things that are occupying minds today, like, dare I mention, Brexit. We've been called by the General Secretary of the Baptist Union to pray on Monday night about Brexit. But it seems so, if we go with what Theresa May has suggested, we hear all the negatives. If we don't go, we hear all the negatives. seems to be a very negative situation. We need to pray into it. Jesus' kingdom is different. It's a kingdom that has no end, a continuing kingdom. I was blessed by a Christian grandfather who was a lay reader within the Church of England. My mother defected to the Baptists, which is how you've unfortunately got me. But, um, but a Christian grandfather who, when diagnosed with terminal cancer, was said to no end of people, I'm really quite excited. I'm going on a journey. I'm going to meet Jesus. And that really struck me. Not, he didn't concentrate on the things that he was going to face at any point. All the way through, he was concentrating on Jesus and seeing Jesus. And my mother, his daughter, before she died of cancer, she always wanted to go and visit China. And one week on the phone, she was talking to me about booking a trip to China, um, which would have probably been her last opportunity to go. And we agreed she'd book it, and she booked it. But the following week when I visited her, she said that she'd cancelled her trip to China. And I said, well, why on earth have you done that? You've always wanted to go to China. And she said... The things I will see in China will pale into insignificance with the things that I will see in glory when I get to glory. I just hope when my time comes, I have the courage to face things in the way that they have. And there are times when that call to praise God, to worship God, we struggle with. This morning, before coming out, I've received some sad news regarding a friend who's really struggling with cancer at the moment. And I must admit, as I drove away from home to come here, one of the last things I felt like doing was come and talk about Mary's song. And yet, there is something deep and significant in praising God in worshipping God, in knowing that God's kingdom continues, that God is there for us in all things. And there's a depth to praising God, to worshipping God, that is there whatever comes. This is an incredible kingdom. It's a kingdom that changes everything.
Mary's song. And there's a real richness in Mary that I think only recently did I start to appreciate. I grew up in a church which was very anti-Catholic. In fact, my father stopped going to church because of what he felt was overzealous Catholic bashing from the minister of the time in that church. And I think it's some knee-jerk reaction I put onto one side the richness there was in certain characters within the Bible. Mary's song is an incredible song, especially in light of some of the things that Mary is going through. Mary is pregnant before marriage in a society where that was a big no. She would have been ostracized, set apart, thrown out of the temple, which was the center of their community. She was, we think, a teenager. So many no's. She would have faced people gossiping, people turning their backs on her. She went to her elderly relative, Elizabeth. I think that's probably because that was easier than staying in her own community. As an aside, we limit God at our peril, don't we? We have to check the rules, the traditions that we have. We have certain thoughts of how things should be. We have to be so careful not to put barriers into place that stop others from knowing God, from experiencing God. Yes, I believe we have to be careful to stick to God's standards. But within that, we need to show grace and love. And be there for others, whatever they are going through. And Mary, Mary visited by an angel, who comes and says, Greetings, favoured one, the Lord is with you. Mary, perplexed, wondering what's happening, listens to the, as the angel continues. Do not be afraid, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive in your womb, bear a son and call him Jesus. Your son Jesus will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will know no end. The child she is to bear will have a throne and a kingdom. He is a king. A king who we can honour and pay allegiance to. Mary asks, how will this be? For she is a virgin. The answer comes, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And Mary says, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And at that point, I want to pause and say, hang on a minute. 
What is she doing? She's agreeing to this too easily. I'm much more with Jonah who went running off in the opposite direction when God called him. In fact, when God called me to ministry, I had a good go at trying to get in the opposite direction. But I can still remember a friend of mine meeting with him the day after he found out that his son had got a girl pregnant. And the fury within the father, my friend, the father, It would have been much worse 20, 40 years ago. Doing much worse for Mary in first century Palestine. As I've said, she would be ostracized, thrown out of the temple, subject to gossip whispering, people turning their backs on her. And here she is just accepting that this is a role given her by God. She goes to Elizabeth, and she and Elizabeth have shared a dream. The dream that what the prophets had promised would come to be. A dream of hope, of mercy, fulfillment, reversal of situations, resolution, victory over evil. God coming to rescue at last. And having met with with Elizabeth, Mary sings a song of praise. A song that magnifies the Lord that is full of rejoicing. Mary is praising God, accepting what God has for her, delighting in the action of the living God. And while I can think of so many reasons for Mary not to worship God, I can also think of many compelling reasons for her to praise God. The prophecies of the Old Testament are coming to be. God is at work. God is doing things. In 21st century Britain, currently, I think we live in a lot of negativity. I work as a chaplain within a homeless project. For a day a week, homelessness has increased. Seems to me that violent crime is regularly reported in our media. Our media seems to take a negative slant if it can do. Feels to me like we live in negative times. Feels to me like we need to be reminded that there is a kingdom with a king that we can be part of, based in the certainty of the one who doesn't change, a kingdom that lasts forever and continues even after living in the 21st century Britain has done all it can to us. The kingdom of the king who Mary bore, the king called Jesus. And when our lives are based in Jesus, we have far more to be positive about than to be negative about. Jesus who goes to a cross for us, where all that separates us from God can be removed. Jesus who is the resurrection and the life. And where the humanist would say there is nothing after death, 
we can know that there is, because the living God is with us, and life continues in him. In her song, Mary tells us about God's action and all that will be fulfilled in Jesus. This is a king worth following, a king worth knowing, a king worth giving out all to, worth worshipping, worth praising, worth living with and focusing on. This is the king called Jesus. And when we truly follow him, everything changes. And we find that whatever is happening around us, that we know true life, God's light and grace. Tom Wright wrote about Jesus, God the Lord, the Saviour, the Powerful One, the Holy One, the Merciful One, the Faithful One. God is the ultimate reason to celebrate. We're in that period of Advent, aren't we? Looking forward to the coming of the King. Our King. We go through this period every year. And we come to Christmas. And I don't know about you, but when I've done the service on Christmas Day at Trinity, sometimes people ask me what I'm doing with the rest of the day, and I admit that I'm actually going to sit down quietly somewhere in the afternoon and fall asleep and hope the snoring doesn't affect the family too much. Not that I snore, because I've never heard myself snore. I don't I didn't admit that publicly. We get exhausted with the rush and everything else going on. We don't take time to stop and think about the king. Our king. Who is worth worshipping, who is worth praising, who is worth adoring, who is worth loving, who is worth giving everything to. For his is the kingdom that changes everything. I believe his is a kingdom that just turns everything the right way up. And helps us to see how things truly are. A king worth basing everything in. Individually, as a church, together. And oh, that others would see our praise and worship of the King and be attracted to come and discover him for themselves.